Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a true change agent, a manufacturer of personal growth, a man who can assist in helping you repurpose your journey in self-love. He gives you the tools to rebuild good content in your life, a man who teaches you liberation from experience. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the author, the philanthropist, fellow podcaster, the entrepreneur, Mr. Peter Estevez. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for such a kind introduction. Happy to be here, happy to serve. Well, thank you for taking this time out, sir. How are you feeling today? You know, I feel terrific. I, uh, I am in Southern California. I had had an incredible week, had an opportunity to visit with uh, my good friend, John Asaroff. Uh, and uh, I'm also going to be interviewing another good friend, uh, Tim Story. Uh, hey. so, I, so what I am so what traveling to Southern California, having an opportunity to, uh, to spend a lot of time with incredible legends, incredible leaders, thought leaders of our generation. And it is a pleasure and an honor to be here with you and to have an opportunity to serve your community. Thank you for the invitation. Man, thank you for the invite. You ready to drop these gems and answer these questions today? Absolutely. I was ready. <laughs> Let's get it started. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Well, I, I, ironically as it is, believe it or not, uh, and it's, it's going to come as a very strange thing because I had a very volatile relationship with my father, but my father was also my greatest teacher. I didn't realize that growing up, okay? My father was a very broken man, a very dysfunctional man, fought a lot of demons. He was a pedophile. Uh, there was a lot of sexual abuse, a lot of emotional abuse, a lot of poverty in my household. And uh, as a young kid, as a young boy, as a young man, I uh, cast a lot, of, a lot of judgment against my father, not realizing that I was learning the greatest lessons in life from him. You know, it was not after my father passed on that I realized that he could only give me what he had. He couldn't give me any more than what he had. So I know that any, any father, any human being, I don't think there's anyone out there that intentionally goes out there to hurt anyone, to pain anyone, to do anything wrong. They're just fighting out their own demons. They're fighting out their own pain. They're fighting uh, what they have with them and they don't know how to take it out. And in and, and, and my father's case, um, what he manifested as a father, which was not a very good role model, but he's, I took the best of him. I made him a, my role model. I, I modeled the things that I didn't want to become. I modeled the things that I didn't want to be. I modeled the things that I should be instead of what I didn't want to be. And when I did that, when I flipped the switch, when I thought differently, when I looked at my father as a father and as a human being, not as an idol, not a, a supreme being, but just a fallible human being, I had an opportunity to have the greatest teachings from my father, who I love and respect and admire today. That's a great story. Can you tell me what moment that you started to look at your father as just as a human being? Because some of us, most of us, maybe all of us get brainwashed because that's mommy, that's daddy. That's what we know in the beginning for many, many years. We don't think they have a story. We just think they're supposed to be there to help us, whatever our needs are, until we grow up and realize that they're human beings too. Where were you when you discovered that? I, I can tell you the exact moment. I can tell you the exact year. Uh, in 2008, we were facing our country and the world was facing one of the worst economic crises we had ever suffered. You know, the collapse of the real estate industry, banking industry, many other industries at the time. So I found myself um, 
as a middle-aged man, broken, broken. Okay, uh, my mother died. Uh, I had several of my businesses had collapsed, uh, and my wife asked me for a divorce. And six months after my 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 mom died, three months after my wife asked me for a divorce, my father passed away. So I had a collapse. I, 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 I had a collapsal of losses within my life: mother, business, marriage, my father. And I found myself raising my son uh, as a single father. My my son was seven years old, and for the very first time, for the very first time, I embody um, the things that my parents went through. Me, I, I was able to have sympathy for them. I was always to put myself in in their place in the role as a father, because I didn't know what to do. There was no manual for me to raise a son. I didn't, right. you know, I didn't have the tools, the skills. I grew up in a very traditional household. Uh, with traditional customs, you know, the wife takes care of the kids, the husband brings brings um, is the breadwinner, right? right? And although I had been very successful, you know, those roles had changed, and I was being the breadwinner and and and, and raising my son on my own. It was a very difficult situation. It was is I had a, a come to Jesus meeting, you know, for a long time I had a complete separation between who my father was and also a relationship to God. Okay, because I grew up Catholic, and I used to see well my fa- my father, our father, and I used to see my father as a direct link to our father, God, mm. in my case. Okay, so I had a volatile relationship with, with 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 God, and I had a volatile relationship with my father because I didn't like and respect what he had given me. But I found myself uh, in 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 despair and with a tremendous sense of humility. I, I, I had to look at myself. What was my role in this place? You know, I could not be a middle-aged man raising a kid, blaming my father for 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 what was going on in my life. I couldn't. You know, that was my responsibility. It was no longer my dad's responsibility. I had to take ownership. You know, my father took me halfway to the field. If you take the analogy of a football field, he took me to the 50-yard line. That was my. Now it was my time to make the touchdown. Now it was my time to return to the zero lap, to, to 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 the zero yard line and start over again. That was my responsibility, and and I decided to to immerse myself in the process of personal development, immerse myself in the process of 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 uh, of, 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 of becoming and reinventing myself, of becoming a better human being, of 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 making sure that whatever. Uh, um, Cycles of dysfunction I had inherited, that I didn't pass those on to my child. That my child became abstain from uh, all of that, all of that 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 I had suffered, that I had witnessed, that I had lived. It was my responsibility to take ownership and to create a new generation, to create a new cycle, to to create new belief systems, to break everything that had not broken. Not to blame my father, not to blame my mother. To take ownership and to create the path and the way that I wanted for myself and for my son. But more importantly, for my community as well, and for the world and for the universe. Mr. Estevez, you sound like a man who got in tap with his spirit and shedded his skin. You sound like a man who learned what not to do from the way someone brought you up. And you was able to take those things and really pour them into your child. Because you had to develop yourself and realize your emotions and what you were feeling to take that and then now grow it instinctively by yourself to run that last 50 yards. And I thank you for sharing that today. That's very deep. That's a very good gem. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Taking something and seeing what not to do, then manifesting what you feel should be right out of those particular goals and sets. Running your own race is very important.
Absolutely, absolutely. Do you have a vision board? Yes, I do. I do. I have a vision board, and I also have a vision that I do every single morning through a process of meditation. Uh, I am a student of Mind Valley. I entered personal development in 2008, as I said, when I was broken, broken, and I dove right into it. You know, uh, head first. You know, without looking back. Okay, I didn't even want to see if it was splashing or not. I just wanted, you know, I wanted to change. I wanted transformation. I wanted, I wanted to submerge. I, I wanted to submerge, and I wanted to be reborn. And I am. I am completely reborn. I am not the same man you met yesterday, or the day before, or the day before. I am a consistent, persistent pursuit for change and transformation to become a better version of myself and a better version that I can offer the universe on a daily basis. And I truly work on that. Okay, so when you ask me about a vision board, yes, I have a vision board at home. I know exactly where I want to be in three years. Okay,、hey. and every every morning I meditate and I and and I do a visualization meditation and I visualize my my day, my week, my year, and my three years ahead. Okay, with everything on that board that I want, and I zero on it until it manifests. Until it changes, you know, I had an op- incredible opportunity to spend two hours with my friend John Asarafias、um, two days ago on Wednesday, and and spend time with him at his home and interview him. Okay, and we had an incredible conversation. That was part of my mission board, vision board. Okay, that's you know everything that that that, that I do each and every day. It manifests in different ways. This this conversation for me to be interviewed by an incredible young man like you is part of my vision board. You know. Uh, how do I spread my message? How do I show up to the world? And who is going to be, who is going to be my co-messenger?、Yeah. Today, you're my co-messenger. I, I, it feels really great to be a part of that, and it feels really good to you, hear you to say another gem. Write it down, manifest it, think about it every day until you reach it.、And、I like that you gave us a goal you were currently chasing and a goal that you actually achieved. I appreciate that. But what type of affirmations are you telling yourself every day? Well, I, I, you know, first of all, I I,、uh, I I tell myself every single morning, okay, that I am a genius, okay, and I will apply it. I am a genius, and I apply it. I repeat that twice in the morning and twice in the evening before I go to bed. You know, and I learned that from an incredible friend of mine, also a great mind, Dr. John Demartini. Had an opportunity to meet Dr. John Demartini. Uh, a few years ago, and, and, and it turned out that his daughter was my neighbor, and, and he kind kind of became so one of my mentor, you know, unofficial mentor, and、uh, and and he's one of the things, you know, I, I listen to great people, I listen to and, and model people that I want to be like. Okay, I didn't grow up with great role models, as you can tell from my story. Okay, but I always borrow somebody else's dreams. I always borrow somebody else's path. I always borrow somebody else's、uh, lifestyle. Okay, in my mind, in my soul, in my body, in my spirit, and I embody that. Okay, and as you act it, you become it. So、uh, that that affirmation, I'm a genius, and I will apply it today. And I also do. I am.、Uh, I am the best speaker in the world. Okay, and I am,、uh, and I am the, the 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 greatest mentor in the world. And I, I those those are my two affirmations. Of course, I have a gratitude list. I write every day, every day what I'm thankful for. I also write my goals every day, every single day. So, I, not only do I have a, a vision board, not only do I do a visualization board, but I write my goals every single day, and I keep、mm. accountability of where I'm at with my goals.、Uh, absolutely, you you have to embody what you become, what you want to become. Okay, when you embody that, 
it manifests this. Excellent, excellent. I do believe that. I remember my wife had me writing down my gratitude every day in a notebook. So I to to the point where it became systematic with me, where I actually lived and became my my gratitude. So I was always being very thankful for everything, and that is where your blessings seem to flow when you're thankful and where you're being a change agent for others. We got to a certain point in that development, but how early did you start goal setting in life? Well, I I believe that I started goal selling very early on. You know, I, I when you grow up in a very dysfunctional background, um, and 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 you know you're so poor you can't afford a dream. Mm. So I started creating my own skazisms. You know, uh, I started you know that young little boy dreaming of being in, in in La La Land. I wanted to be everywhere else but where I was sad. Okay, so I think that 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 visualization becomes right there. Okay, is how do you identify it? I think every single one of us has a tremendous amount of gift, a gift that 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 is innately given to us by by by, by God, by the universe, whatever you want to call it. Okay, we just have to be in the present in order to be listened to it. Most of us are distracted by the chatter, by the noise, by the problems, by the worries. But if you become present, if you if you embody the presence of the moment, this conversation I'm having with you, nothing else matters. Okay, then you and I are able to enjoy the moment. We are able to live the life that we're meant to be. But if I'm worried about what I have to do, you know, what I get when I get off this interview, if I worry about, you know, if I pay my rent or my car payment and all that, when people live in a state of what I call survival. There is no time for creativity. There is no time for vision. There is no time for creation. We have to become present regardless of our circumstances, and that is a mental state of mind. That is a muscle you must practice every single day, and it actually it, it becomes natural. Okay, and now you're able to face the world from an offense instead of a defense. I don't fight words. I lead the war. When did you transfer from a surviving mind to a thriving one? Oh, that's a that, that that's an incredible question because I I you know uh, I I think I was in my late thirties and after that experience of two thousand and eight because even I had had accomplished many 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 uh, many uh, uh, financial and material successes. Okay, um, uh, I kept taking the broken little boy with me. Okay, mm. I can abuse little boy with me. My emotional intelligence was not was not in parallel with my age and the accomplishments that I was that that I was achieving. So what would happen when something was on balance? Uh, I would destroy it. I would sabotage it because I I I didn't feel worthy of it. I felt uh, I felt that that I was not deserving of it. You know, I felt the imposter syndrome. But the reality of that is that most of us. Are imposters in the state where we at now? Where we going? And it is the state where we at that is trying to hold us back. Our fears, our insecurities, our 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 lack of that that wants to hold us back and make us believe that we're not deserving of the next state or where we going. But if we let go of those fears and those insecurities, we gain clarity. We able to see our path clearly. So in 2008, after my mom died, I lost the businesses. My wife asked me for divorce. My father passed away. I re-enter uh, recovery. I've been sober 22 years. Uh, I re-enter recovery. 
uh, and I, I and, and, but it was not about it was not about drinking, okay? Because I I had not drank or or, or or done any of that stuff. I just had not changed my thinking. I was mm. operating with the same mindset. I was still drunk, okay? I was mm. drunk, drunk and cheating. I was drunk and deceiving, womanizing, manipulating, conniving, okay? So today I know that I don't need alcohol to get drunks or drugs to get high, okay? But if I am in a complete state a flow, I'm able to accomplish anything that I want. So I was able to step out that state of survival and enter my present, enter my being, enter my potential. The minute that I let go, I brought that six-year-old little boy with me. I hugged him. I kissed him. I said, you're okay. You're a grown man now. You can go. I take over. When you took over your life and you got out of that surviving mode to a thriving one, all that you accomplished, all the skin you shed to get to the point where you had to release your demons and rebuild yourself and rebrand yourself, what did you sacrifice? My ego. Mm. My ego. I used to put my ego in front of everything. I thought I was everything and I was nothing. Okay. Wow. I was a great, I was a great pretender. You know, um, you can't go to war wounded and hide in the wounds behind the coat. You know, and I thought that the Armani suit or the Gucci tie or the shiny shoes or the Mercedes or the girls, or all of that was covering all of my wounds. Okay. And, and, and that was my ego. That was my ego pretending to be something that I was not. You know who I am? Who you see right now. I'm a kind, loving, caring, compassionate man that cares for the world and the universe and wants to make an impact and wants to make a difference. And I didn't know that. I thought I had to be shrubbed like a macho man, that I was going to protect the world and I was going to screw all the women. And I was going to take all the money and I was going to pillage the village. That's not who I am. That's who, my, that's who society made me to be. That's who my social condition made me to be, made me believe right. that I needed to be in order to survive survive that environment, survive that ecosystem that had been created for me, okay? Mm -hmm. But I knew very early on when you told me, when did I envision, okay? Very early on, I knew as a young boy that I didn't believe in that, that I didn't believe, that I didn't belong in that ecosystem. I knew that there was something greater for me on the other side of the, of the ecosystem, but I had to fight to get out of there. That was my responsibility, nobody else's. Nobody was going to fight for me. When you were fighting and you were feeling like you didn't know yourself, when you got very, very low and one of your lowest moments, how did you get out of that? Like in a detailed way, like how, what did you do to get yourself out of that low moment? This is for the people right now that might be struggling with all the endeavors you spoke about, someone who's totally relatable to your life. What did you do to get up when you were feeling like you didn't know yourself? You know, the reality about transformation and change and growth and evolution and ultimately success is so easy that most of us don't believe how easy it is. Mm. It boils down to very simple disciplines. And if you look, you know, everybody has the go-tos. You can ask any guru and say, well, what is your morning routine? Okay. And, and, and everybody focuses on that morning routine. But the reality is that the same thing that works for Bill Gates works for me and for you. Okay, the same thing that works for Jeff Bezos, okay, works for you and for me. Okay, we're going, we, each and every single one of us are going to um, achieve whatever level of success we are meant to achieve and we strive to, 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 to achieve. Okay, 
you know, and not everybody's going to be a Bezos, not everybody's going to be a Peter, not everybody's going to be whatever, right? Mm -hmm. but, but, but the basic principle of success, the basic uh, principles of changing and evolution is about applying disciplines. It's about applying rituals. Okay. Right. And, 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 and the process of applying those rituals and those disciplines on a daily basis is to tear down behaviors and social conditioning that we have become accustomed to. It's basically reframing and rebuilding our mindset. Destroy okay? and rebuild. And, 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 and when we destroy and we rebuild, okay, we rebuild whatever we choose, whatever we want. But when you're building, rebuilding with clarity, you know what choices to make, okay? So that's why discipline is so important. What are the dis? I believe in five core pillars that are the foundation to the well-being of every human being. Physical, mental, emotional, okay? spiritual and financial yeah. and when you when you take care of those pillars those five pillars each and every day okay you exit what i call the state of survival and you enter a state of flow okay you're okay. operating state of flow you're operating for a state of clarity clarity gives you creativity creativity gives you possibility possibility gives you a vision a vision gives you a dream a dream gives you a goal okay a goal gives you a path and when you have all of that, when you have all that clarity, you're able to do whatever you want. It doesn't matter what's going on in, in, in the external world. You are focused on who you are because you are constantly living in the present and you're not allowing anything to deter you. But how do you prepare yourself to do that? You know, before I had this interview with you, because out of love and respect for you and for the and for the time you afforded me, I had to prepare myself to give you the best of me. So what did I do? I get up early, I exercise, I pray, I meditate. I create the create. I ask the creative force to give me the words, the words and the wisdom to be able to communicate with you and your audience. Okay, I do my gratitude list. I write my goals and I journal. So what I'm doing, I am rising my levels of dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin, so I can have the creativity, so I can have the vision, so I can have the words, so I can have the wisdom to be able to communicate with you clearly. And in a way that I'm going to make an impact to you and to the universe, because that's my responsibility. And I take my responsibility very, very serious. God put me, placed me in this world to be able to serve his purpose on my own. And when I show up to do that, I can show up and be a greater service, not to myself, but to others. Absolutely. So you said a mouthful there and so many things that, that I am going to hold on to. I'm going to take your five lessons and definitely apply them to my life because I want to be in a state of flow. I don't want to go with the flow. I want to be the flow, like quote quote from Jay-Z likes to say. And it's so many things I I I love to hear about your energy and there's so much energy you're giving me. And the fact that in totality that we focus on these things. But I have one solid question for you because I like to have fun during these interviews as well. Literally. What have you procrastinated on and why? Oh gosh. Uh my book. My book. I uh I, I wrote my book five years ago and I have uh, re-edited my book several times uh, and I'm going to release it uh, this May, but that should have been released two years ago. So why do, why do you think you procrastinated on it? You, well, or it could be just the universe I, I, telling you what's the time. I, I, absolutely. I think, I think a lot of it is as much work as we all do on ourselves. We're still fallible to our own demons, right? So, 
you know, I, I, I think the sense of, 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 of me, I'm not ready. It's not good enough. You know, procrastination is, 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 uh, the enemy of perfection and perfection is just, you know, uh, absolutely. So, I was just thinking that same thing in my head, the enemy of perfection. So, so, exactly. So, so uh, re really the, 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 the reality is there's no excuse. The book is being released. Okay, uh, part of the reason I'm on I'm on this uh, on this tour, for lack of a better word, is 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 is, is for four book write-ups and, and and just basically releasing a rebranding of who I am and who I'm becoming each and every day. So um, yeah, I mean, my book is probably the the, the biggest procrastination. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Admitting that there's no excuse for it. That means I just wanted to bring it to your forefront, to your frontal you lobe. Did. So you start thinking Thank about you it. So more. But you're already on the journey. You are already in the flow. You got some great interviews coming up. Tim Story, I'm very impressed by that. And tell him I, I said hello. I will do so. I will do so. You know, I, 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 uh, Tim Story, Glenn Lundy. I mean, I have had just about every incredible mm. human being on my podcast, and I'm very, very honored, very humbled by the opportunity because these men are not only my guests, they're my teachers. I love hey, you know what's so, what's so great about what you just gave me is that they were all Highlanders, right? Like the show Highlander where everybody it, it learns from each other's experiences by you coming to sit down with me i feel connected to them somehow because you've already taken in their experiences and i'm sure you are applying some of the dialect in your life that they gave you which in sense is transcending over to me so everyone i speak to we're all touching and connecting and building each other in communication and that's what this show is completely 100 about the birth of communication higher line of accountability and manhood and i thank you for absolutely that. you know their energy is my energy and my energy is yours now absolutely i have a question for you that i like to ask during the show but it's very intrusive so i would like to know two things from you should i keep it and should i should i even ask this question no anymore? you should ask whatever you think right? is right whatever is going to serve you it's going to serve your community i'm here to serve you what was abusive to you that you thought was love? How did you recognize it? How long did it take for you to accept wow. it? What was abusive to you? Yeah. What was abusive to you that you thought was love? How did you yeah. recognize it? How long did it take it, for you it, to it, it? It's, it's, um, I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. And, 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 and it's an excellent question because in certain communities, primarily in, in the brown communities and in black communities, dysfunction is very prevalent, right? Sexual abuse, incest, all kinds of stuff. Um, I was abused by, by, by my brother from when I was uh, six year old, uh, about six years old to about 12 years old. I didn't know any better. I didn't know what it was right. I didn't know what it was wrong. So I grew up with a belief of sex is love and love is sex, okay? And, mm. and and there was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and and I have always I always uh, when 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 I was about 15 years old I saw the same brother abusing another brother that was a younger brother so it was he was basically repeating the same patterns that my father did with my sisters okay and it was the very first moment that that I confronted the situation and 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 I literally attacked my brother I said if you touch my my younger brother again I will kill you I remember telling him that um, but still, uh, uh, as graphic as this may sound, but I think it's important because men don't have this type of conversations, no. but it's absolutely, it's absolutely important. I appreciate you yeah, sharing this, but, 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 but what I'm realized is that I was manifesting the same patterns of behaviors. Okay. 
not with boys, not with anything like that, but the way I had began to treat women, okay? I began to see women as sex objects. I began to see them like, I just wanted self-satisfaction. I wanted to prove my manhood because I was confused as a young boy. So in order for me to validate, sure right. that I, you know, that, that I was a man, I had, I went to a, a, a long string of promiscuous relationships that were unmeaningful and disrespectful to women and disrespectful to myself as a man and the person that I want to be. But I, I can tell you that when I realized it, uh, I'm a great believer of making amends and making peace with others. Okay. And the people that I have never reached in my life, I wrote a letter. I asked them for forgiveness. I asked, I made my amends to them and then I burned the letter. Okay. But the other people that I have been able to see, I've always, you know, apologized to them. I, uh, accepted my part of my responsibility for my behavior and I explained to them, you know, why, why I believe that I did certain things and I move on with my life. You know, the most important thing about our stories, I share my story and I share my story very openly, not because it's unique, but because it's a story of many. But more, more importantly, I don't live in my story. I share my story in service. I share it because when I, when I share my story, it gives other men and other women and other children permission to share theirs. It opens up a window of opportunity for them to realize that they're not alone and that they can openly talk about stuff like this, that that is the only way that they can break the cycle. I would have never broken the cycle, not only for me, okay, but for my nieces, for my nephews, for my neighbors, for my community, mm. okay, for my culture if I don't talk about this. My secret is a lot of people's secret, okay? And when it stops being a secret, it stops being a problem. So I show it, I share this because I want people to stop this step of behavior in those households. We are each other's libraries and I feel you are a beacon for self-love. I feel you emanate that. I feel you radiate that. Can you tell us what books you feel have saved your life or added to your self-love that you've read? Oh gosh. There, 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 there's so many of them, uh, as a man thinks it, uh, I, I'm a voracious reader. I mean, I, 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 John just gave me, uh, in his, his book and verse, I mean, two or three books that he gave me, I'm a voracious, voracious reader. Um, and, and, and you know, what's interesting, um, English is my second language. I came to the United States at the age of 10 years old. I had a very hard time learning how to speak English. I didn't know I was illiterate for a long time. Mm. Okay. Uh, I, I, you know, I used to, uh, when I wrote something, you know, uh, I couldn't make complete sentences. And when I went through this process of reinventing myself, I've always had a, a hunger, a tremendous hunger to learn and to be better and, 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 and to fit in. Right. So it was, it was my, my, my hunger to be able to fit in and be accepted gave me a tremendous advantage for learning and willingness to learn up to the point that I ended up going to the executive business program at, at, at the School of Business at Harvard University. So, you know, um, when I discovered that I was illiterate, I didn't have to stay illiterate. Okay? Right. So I guess I was not as illiterate as I thought I was. Right. And I learned to write and, 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 and I'm very poetic and I'm a great reader. And I remember there was many times that I used to read the same book two or three times because I would turn the page. And by the time I turned the page, I had forgotten what I had read. Okay. 
and and uh, you know today I can read a book and I can I, I, I can I have trained my mind to understand to comprehend and to become part of whatever I'm learning okay and I think I, I, I it's something that I adopted because I didn't you know a lot of things that I do I don't want my parents and they're in heaven or wherever they are um, but I don't I want my parents to know that their efforts were not wasted absolutely it's all about the name absolutely it's all about the name I want to poll you and I like to go to the other side of these interviews I want to get the full range of the man I would like to know the top three things you like in a woman now the reason I ask you this question is subjugated towards you there's no wrong answer but sometimes sure. I feel men leave out it one intangible. I want to see if you might leave it out. It might be in your top 10, but I want to know what your top three is today, Mr. Estevez. The floor is yours. Absolutely. Kindness, number one. Intelligence, number two. Okay. And somebody that wants to be a loving woman, a caring woman, a compassionate woman that cares for her husband, her children, and her community. You know what? I really, really like you, man. I like you. Because intelligence is the word in my brain. There are so many men who have their list and there's nothing wrong with your list. But all I ask is that you add intelligence in there somewhere because you want to be able to have all the levels of intelligence in your woman. Emotional intelligence, communication. These things are very important because it does not come guaranteed. I say it every episode. Just because you have a great woman doesn't mean she is intelligent. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, the reality is that that uh, I'm, on, I'm on a path, I'm on a mission to make a difference. And I want somebody to be there to walk along with me to understand that. And in order to do that, you have to be intelligent. You have to be compassionate. You have to have emotional intelligence. You have to care, okay? I, I've been married to other kind of women. I've been married to the a trophy wife. I had, you know, I've been in that state of my life, okay? And I realized that, uh, that it was my shallow ego, okay? and we didn't have anything in common and that uh, we couldn't hold a conversation and that we were two worlds apart that the only thing that united us was my money and the sex and that was it mm. and that's not a relationship and how that's much are you trying to understand communication you talked about communication but how much on a daily basis do you try to fortify yourself with forging yourself in the arts of communication with other people oh uh, i uh I have a tremendous passion for for uh, human behavior, and I'm I'm very much an observant. Uh, I love sociology. I love the way society moves mm -hmm. and patterns of behaviors that we do. It's something that I've been fascinated for a long time. So to me, commu I'm, I'm I'm a believe it or not, I'm a better listener than I am a talker. Okay, mm -hmm. you're asking the question, so I have to answer. But but <laughs> if, if, you, if you listen to my interviews, uh, I like to learn. I'm, 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 and, and, and so communication is very important. And I also like to listen to what people need and want. You know, I can't serve people if I'm making it about myself, okay? So all of that is embodying communication. And I also believe in relationships. You know, I, uh, um, I didn't play sports when I was a kid. Um, you know, my parents didn't have the resources that, you know, you know, they weren't educated. It was, it was a dysfunctional blue collar family with, with a lot of demons that was in a perpetual cycle of survival, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so 
as I as I enter the the, the corporate world and and and, and, and you know uh, working, uh, I would see the importance of of a lot of analogies, particularly in largest organizations, on on uh, are placed on on sports, you know, on on teamwork, on, on organization. I didn't know that, so I was always the outsider. I was always the outsider looking in because I I had not learned to to. Uh, uh, you know, when you when you are taught very early on to stay quiet, when when somebody abuses you, when somebody uses you, they deem you light. Okay, so you kind of go into your own shell. Mm-hmm. This for me is new. It's new within the last 15 years. I come out of my shell. Okay, I learned to be a friend. I learned to be a neighbor. I learned to be a corporate citizen. I learned to be a member of my society. I learned to develop great long-lasting friendships. Um, you know, and I do have many, many of my friends are, 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 are people that, that I, I can pick up the phone and talk to them. And, and it, all of that is, is the basis of communication. Okay. Right. But, but beyond that, it's also communicating across the screen here and how my message resonates. Okay. Right. How sincere does it sound? Okay. How empathetic am I? How caring, how compassionate am I? Okay. How accountable I am to my own words. Okay, and if you look at me and look at my social media and look at what I do and what I say, I'm very consistent with my message. I don't deviate from my message. I no, you don't, good. sir. You do not deviate from your message. And one of the messages I absolutely picked up right away, and this has nothing to do with the show. We like to call this an audible. I saw your Ice Cube shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna let people have their own imagination. I saw your Ice Cube shirt, so I love you even more. <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much should there be a basic training program amongst men in our communities if we were next door neighbors if we can find a way to teach our kids financial literacy communication how to change a tie gardening how to change a tire general wealth building financial literacy in terms of stocks and real estate we're talking about making it fun for the kids to get involved in i know they can still be kids but their basic level of conversation with stock they bought this week. Do you ever think we can get there to where we're building economies with our children? We have to. We have to. As a matter of fact, my group, the platform that I'm creating, our very first course is Financial Literacy 101 that tends my parents and teach me. Okay? And it, it is a bridge between, it's a conversational, it's a book, it's, 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 it's a workbook that is a conversation piece that is so, uh, and I mean very respectfully, is basic in the sense that that uh, uh, a 12, 13, 14, 16, 17 year old can understand this so clearly, mm-hmm. but it becomes a conversation piece between the parents. And what that conversation piece does, it closes the, gla- the gap, okay? Absolutely. Because what's happening in our generations today, they're speaking two different languages, okay? Parents are living their parent beliefs. Children are living their cultural beliefs, what they see, what they learned in the last five, five, 10, 15, 20 years, okay? The children have a lot more information, a lot more access to information than the parents had ever had, okay? Unfortunately, what the children don't have is the common sense and the life practice realities, the practical. Mm, life practice reality is very important. Yeah. So, so if you're and but parents, parents because of traditional beliefs, okay, are afraid to let their children know how ignorant or literate they are about certain things, okay. 
but you are more Ill illiterate when you maintain that in silence, when you don't talk about it. Okay. So uh, uh, my part of my part of what I believe needs to happen is to be able to create an educational system that bridges the gap and it brings becomes a topic of conversation and when both generations can learn together. Right. Okay. Like for example, it doesn't matter why my my parents didn't teach me how I should open a bank account, or the importance of credit, or the importance of, of of going to college, or the importance of learning to change the tires, or how to have emotional intelligence, how to treat a woman, how to open the door for my neighbor, how to whatever. Right? It doesn't matter why they didn't do it. Okay? What matters is that they start doing it now. Absolutely. So 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 when you start teaching those basic basic values, those basic needs, those basic things that we all need in order just to survive, survive, and if we are learning to survive, and then we transition into thriving, thriving, okay, uh, and you are able to take the experience, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the information that the young minds have, okay, now. Now the parents can talk openly about the things that they were afraid, of, that they were ignorant about, and the children can understand their parents. Okay, and the parents now can understand what what uh, uh, blockchain is, right. what uh, it, Bitcoin is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. cryptocurrencies in, in, in a complete different language. The parents they shut it down because they're they're afraid to say what it is. Exactly. Friend to the show, hip hop legend Pudgy the Fat Bastard. He, I interviewed him, and he said, it, "It sounds like we need a charm school for men." And it sounds like we definitely need a charm school for men, where we teach handshakes, eye contact, change attire, these things you're speaking of, and along with your course, together, where people can realize what we need to have a basic level of communication so our society can thrive in the right direction for our future. It's not just about social security and people working anymore. It's about people working smarter, not harder. And I agree with you 1000%. Thank you for asking that question. Now, I want to get to my favorite question on the show. Now, it's actually subjugated towards you, but I like asking this question because I want to see how far you think about it. And I like you to answer and give your reason why you gave this answer. Are you ready, sir? Absolutely. I want to put you back in the husband chair. So your husband brain on right now. As a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? Absolutely a great woman. A great woman makes a great wife. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. That is that the total total it's it, it. it, 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 it there's, there's, there's nothing beyond that. A great woman makes a great wife. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, a, a great woman is a great mother. It's a great member of her community. It's a great leader. It's a great, great role model. It's, 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 it's everything. So, so no, I, uh, I, you know, I'm not the traditional guy. I'm not the traditional person. I had to break up those taboos. Okay. Uh, I grew up believing a lot of the ways, you know, um, you know, barefooted uh, in the kitchen cooking uh, with five kids. You know, that's what I used to hear, you know, and very early on, some of the dysfunctions that I told you that I exhibited, okay, and 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 and, and the repeated patterns just manifested differently in some of the things that I did very early on. Mm -hmm. But no, I, uh, the, the answer is very simple. I would rather have a great woman. A great woman becomes a great wife, a great mother, a great human being, a great partner, you know, a great friend, 
Okay. A, a, a kind woman, an intelligent kind woman. woman. An intelligent woman, a giving woman. It's, it, it's everything. It's, okay? all that. it's all circumference. I thank you for that answer. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And it's sort of like your five things to keep the flow going. But I came up with five things called purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. And what I did was gave them a 20% percentage, 20% out of 100. So they're all worth 20% each. Purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Purpose meaning you're working a purpose every day, doing the things you're called to do, being of service. Health meaning you're working out, exercising, meditating, praying. Confidence means you're doing out any insecurities or fear. Money means you're investing. You gave to charity. You made some money today. You paid some bills. And knowledge, you took in some new information. So we talk about purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. So Mr. Peter Estevez, within the last 24 hours, how much of 100% have you been operating out of? I like to believe that I operate somewhere between 98 and 100% in all of those areas on a daily basis. Okay? I believe you 1000% because you already yeah. said about everything you did today already. Yeah, I, I, on a daily basis because that's not something um, I had apply a set of rituals that I do every single day that move the needle and create compound interest in my spiritual, mental, spiritual, emotional, and financial pillars. I do that every day. That's not something, you know, that's not something that I decide to take the day off tomorrow. Okay? Consistency. It's consistency. Okay? What people ask you, when people ask me and they say, what is the secret to success? Secret to success is consistency and it's showing up every day and it's doing the things that you said you're, you're going to do every single day and it's doing the things that move the needle for you every single day, 24-7, 365, okay? I, there's no days off for meditation. There's no days off for prayer. There's no days off for my gratitude list. There's no days off for me exercising. Maybe lighter, but not not a day off. There's no days days off for me journaling or writing. There's no that, that's my mental preparation. That is the compound interest that I put into my savings account of my spirituality. Okay. Yes, I like of, that. Okay, of 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 my mental health, of everything. So I work on it every day. I don't take a day off. Okay, I I, I don't because if I leave one day, I'm going to consume. So I might as well be prepared. Okay, with the compound interest is going to carry me forward. Okay, remember, this propels me into a state of flow not a survival. And if I want to stay at a survival, I better do the work. Okay. The work. And, and, and the reality is the reality is that when we enter a state of flow, it takes less energy to push forward. We are flowing. Flowing. We're, yeah. We're not pushing. Okay. So if we're able to understand that, okay? When I lived in a state of survival, I was pushing a boulder every single day that did not exist. Mm. Okay, I get you. And I was carrying back one that did not exist. 
that I had created in my mind. When I let go of that illusion and I entered a state of flow and a state of survival, a state of flow, it's consistent. I'm not pushing anything. I am flowing, okay? I am gliding. I am doing all kinds of slopes on the snow, okay? And I am fueled by my daily rituals, by taking care of my mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, and physical states of being. When I do that, there's no, there's, I'm not, I'm not pushing anything. I'm being pushed by serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin. Okay, I am a natural high every single day. But it begins with my preparation. You know, and 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 somebody calls it the morning routine. You know, Robin Sharma, my friend Robin Sharma, calls it the 5 a.m. Uh, club. You know, you can call it whatever. It's the same thing. Right. It's taking care of yourself and preparing yourself for your day. Absolutely. If you prepare yourself for the day, you don't have to prepare throughout the day. Mm. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Exactly. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, before you go, we love to get referrals for the show. Is there anyone else you would love to see come on this podcast that you would love to see continue this conversation in manhood? Absolutely. My good friend, Joe Ortega, and I'll send you his contact information. Oh, Mr. Ortega, we would love to have you on the show and drop these gems for us today. Now, before you go, Mr. Estevez, please let us know where we can find you, where we can be change agents for you and help your message going around. Sir, are you there? Yes. Okay. All right. Please let us know where we can support you with anything you got going on on the show. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm at uh, on Instagram at Peter O. Estevez also uh, at Common Clean Podcast and on my website at www.commoncleanpodcast.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, sir. I want to tell you, you've been an honor and a scholar and I've learned so much and grown for you today. And I really appreciate you coming on. Before you go, we like to end with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. For those of you listening, you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on the show, as well as at Sheen One on all platforms. Let's continue this conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Clubhouse. Now a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. So question of the day, question of your life, are you maximizing your life? Thank you, Mr. Peter Estevez. Much blessings to you. You taught me so much. This has been Solutions. Thank you so much.